the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Talking investing. What do you want to talk about? Start today, maybe. By saying it's a Fed day where we expect the Federal Reserve to announce some sort of quantitative easing for. That's not good news. On one hand, it's totally good news. On another hand, it's totally bad news. If you get where I'm going at. <gasps> Robbie Shankar's dead. Oh. A hippie musical icon. He influenced George Harrison, John Coltrane, David Crosby, and many, many, many more. Wow. Ravi Shankar. Ravi Shankar. Dead. I know you're saying you just brutalized the man's name, calling him Ravi instead of Ravi. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, so today's a Fed day. Fed's the only game in town when it comes to talking about the markets today. I don't... What, are we, what am I supposed to say about this one? You know, they've been pumping out money for so long that it almost seems silly to talk about it. Hours from now, the Federal Reserve will announce its latest decision on monetary policy. Again, more of the same with a possible twist. Since the Fed began its latest third round of quantitative easing in September, the unemployment rate has fallen 7.7%. Payrolls have risen to 146,000. GDP has climbed 2.7% rate. Fiscal policy is pretty much on hold right now, so the Fed continues bumping out money on a monetary policy level. Is quantitative easing three helping? Maybe a bit, keeping rates down. That's allowing companies to borrow money and buy back their own shares, borrow money and uh, pay off debt, borrow money. Like, you know, I've borrowed money and I've refinanced mortgages at a lower cost than I ever dreamed imaginable. That helps certainly save thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, which I tend to find a way to spend. Take a look at the market numbers today. We've got Dow up 25, NASDAQ up less than 1, the SP 500 up 2. 
some sort of budget deals to get done by probably the end of January, maybe the end of December, maybe somewhere in between. So I'm not all that freaked out by the fiscal cliff. I'm pretty much assuming some higher taxes on... Is it the payroll tax that stays higher? Is it the 2% tax? Until we know for sure, it's gambling to bet one way or the other. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So today is December 12th. 2012. The abbreviated form makes it 12-12-12. North Korea continues to be a great agitator. They've launched a rocket into space in a move viewed by Washington as a breach of the UN rules and a provocative action. A fiscal cliff compromise remains elusive. We're nine days from the end of the world, according to the Mayan calendar. Go spend all your money. We're all going to die anyway, right? The FOMC is going to announce QE4. They're replacing a program to buy an additional $45 billion in long-term treasury securities per month. It's possible the Fed comes up with another plan, another idea. So we'll get that announcement this morning at 9.30 Pacific time. We'll get some updated projections on the economy around 11 a.m. this morning. You'll get the Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke talking to the public at about uh, 11.15 this morning. So there's kind of an unspoken message out there right now. I don't think the Fed's done well with its bang for its buck. If you kind of get where I'm going out with that. I don't think anyone's overwhelmed. I don't think the man on the streets came. Look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's plain, it's quantitative easing. I don't think it's anything that impressive. I don't think it's in our verbiage. Quantitative easing is acting more like a safety net for the market now that it helps keep sell-offs in check. I'm happy it's there, but it doesn't feel like it's going to take us to the next level. And it's not going to take us to the next level. Maybe it does stop us from going lower. California prison psychiatrist was paid $400,000. Ain't that something? So... A guy named Mohammed Safi, a graduate of a medical school in Afghanistan. He began working as a psychiatrist at California Mental Hospital in 2006, making $90,000 a year in his first six months. Last year, he took home $822,000 as a prison psychiatrist. So, federal court put out a mandate to improve inmate care. Prisons paid more money to lure psychiatrists. 
The mental health department followed suit to keep employees and costs soared. Last year, 16 California psychiatrists made more than 400000 while only one did in any of the 11 other most populous states. 800000 dollars Trust me. Do you see where we could probably fix our budgets? Jerry Brown, who granted state workers collective bargaining rights during his first tenure as governor more than three decades ago, sought to reduce costs by limiting pensions for new employees. That irony shouldn't be lost on you. Well, even most retirement benefits for current workers intact. Last year, the 74-year-old Democrat ordered an overhaul of the mental health agency aimed at reducing overtime and the use of outside staff. California is the most generous state amongst the country's 12 largest psychiatric compensation platform, I guess is the right way of saying that. Anyhow, anyway, going to do a webinar tonight on retirement. You can sign up for it at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. It's a webinar tonight starting at 6. A webinar, obviously, you have to have go-to meeting, which is free. But you basically get to watch a presentation on retirement. It's pretty cool. It's different. It's unique. A lot of retirement questions will be answered. You can sign up for it uh, because you have to get an email invite or something. I'm not quite sure how it works. But sign up for it at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Well, let's take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. KDOW traffic. This bay- Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. TGIF, the restaurant chain. Throwing a massive end-of-the-world block party to ring in the purported Mayan apocalypse. It's supposed to fall on a Friday. The idea that the world will end on December 21st is a cultural phenomenon, which scientists regard as the end of the Mayan's 5,215-year calendar. It's an opportunity to get paying customers to party like there's no tomorrow. I do not recommend liquidating your 401k on this. But I must admit, it does make me smile to think the world could come to an end. SP 500 is up three, the Nasdaq's up two, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 24. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. I want to do a topic today with you, Chad, if you don't mind, on bonds. Stocks means you own a little piece of that corporation. Bonds means it's an IOU. Mm-hmm. There's different types of bonds. There's government bonds, there's corporate bonds, there's municipal bonds, um, there's foreign market bonds, there's berry bonds. There's floating rate bonds. There's a lot of bonds. Yeah. I bonds, zero coupon bonds. What do we need to know about bonds, in your opinion? Well, and that's, that's a tough one because this is really the hardest area to manage right now, Rob. I mean, we're looking at historical low interest rates on bonds. We're looking at the Federal Reserve buying, you know, 
billions and trillions of dollars worth of bonds over the last couple of years. They were buying at the short end of the curve. Now they're going to be buying at the long end of the curve. So what you need to know about bonds, I think, first and foremost, is, is look at the holdings in your bond fund that you've been owning inside your 401ks. Because a lot of people own bonds for a nice little income, right? right? And then for a cushion when the stock market drops. So the idea of having a balanced portfolio or bonds in it means that because bonds aren't doing as well as stocks when stocks are rallying, they'll, they'll have a cushion for the downside and in the long run they win. But a lot of bun, bonds, because the yields are so low, they've been having to buy preferred stocks and, and stocks yielding up at the 3 and 4% range to keep their income high. So a lot of people are, are in bonds right now, bond funds that are becoming closet stock funds, and I don't think they might realize the overall risk that's there. So you know, it's something that you, you do have to peel gains from. So let's, let's look at the different types, right? right? You've got government. On the corporate side, you've got high-quality bonds, which are typically AAA or, well, let's see, AA rated and above, right? Right. Then you've got junk bonds and then convertible bonds. We bought a lot of convertible bonds and high-yield or junk bonds in 2009 in about May when they had dropped drastically. They Baby out with the bathwater. Then we had 20 or 30% returns on those funds. That's not normal. So when you get high returns on a certain area of bond funds, you really have to be careful about peeling off the growth. Um, Also, you've got to look at big price jumps like tips, for example, have jumped drastically when we really don't have a lot of inflation yet. Um, so look for opportunities when, when things like TIPS or Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds, when they pull back 5 or 6%, that's when your buying opportunities typically are. Which, again, we grew up, Chad, you and I both grew up at the same era, and we thought bonds were for old people. I feel bad for old people right now because interest rates are so low that bonds really aren't necessarily for them mm-hmm. because the bonds don't have the yield that it used to. So seniors can't put their money in the bank. They can't get money on CDs. Too, too low of rates. They, mm-hmm. The bonds, they have to increase their risk profile. And you don't really want to necessarily increase your risk profile with bonds because bonds are considered a little bit you know, more consistent than stocks. Yeah, I mean, for the next couple of years, I can see why a 20 or 30-year-old don't just simply dividend-paying stocks instead of bonds because um, they can deal with the volatility. If the market has a big correction, they have time to either add more in after the correction or, or save more in the long run. But older people, they can't really steer... You know, they have to stay the course. And, and when you're older and you're close to retirement, you need three years' worth of expenses in cash. I know your cash isn't earning anything, but don't put that cash to work in high-risk bond funds. You've got to have three years' worth of your portfolio drawn cash and then a balanced portfolio. And make sure that the bond side of your balanced portfolio is diversified, uh, meaning you've got some governments, you've got some Ginnie Mays, a little bit of convertibles and corporates. But your duration, that's what you've got to pay attention to. You don't want bonds that are, that are really outside of the five- to seven-year range right now, in my opinion, because um, you know, two years just aren't attractive. They don't give you much income. And going out longer than five to seven years in duration on bonds, the length of maturity, you're taking on too much long-term interest rate risk. I remember when I first got into the business, I, I, I was trying to study bonds and analyze bonds, and it's difficult. That's a totally different skill set than analyzing stocks. So I think it's, it's key, important, that seniors or wealthy people don't do their own bond work because it's not the same as stock work. It's, it's a different art. Yeah, you know, when interest rates are really high and heading down, that's the time where you can just kind of no-brainer buy bonds directly and hold them till maturity. When we're in situations like this where it's unclear in the next two years where rates will kind of head, yeah. Um, it's really helpful to get a good no-load bond fund manager. I like that you trying to say bonds, buns. Buns, German buns. I think we're just hearing way too much about that yeah, in, the, in the, the news. Um, 
But I think in times like this where the, the clarity on where interest rates are moving, that's where having a bond manager is, is attractive. But I, I can tell you that if we go through a period where, let's say, by 2015 rates are high, right. and it looks like they're leveling out or coming down, I'm going to sell all my bond funds and buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. I'm an individual bond kind of guy. Now, let's do one last topic on bonds. When we were growing up, there was a theory that you should take your age, 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in bonds or in stocks versus bonds. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And then and they again, changed it to like 120 minus your age. I think it's, it's garbage either way. Because what, what you're doing is when you're dollar cost averaging, what it makes sense is when you're adding to your portfolio every month because of your paycheck, right? Right. But in retirement... To reverse dollar cost average does not work. The reason why is because that means every month you're selling something when you withdraw your, your paycheck to live, you're selling something at a loss. Because if stocks are going up 7 out of 10 years, usually bonds can be, could be falling during that period of time, for example. So you're always selling something at a loss. So that's why you have to have safe money, a bond portfolio, a dividend-paying stock portfolio, and then your dividends and your bonds pay your safe money. Right. And then you rebalance and pull the gains off the table to uh, continue to keep your safe money at that three-year level. So, you know, timing the market doesn't make a difference when you're younger. It does when you're older. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner, and he's at newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, and some of the stories I'm working on include retail fraud, where how much does it cost us as a nation? About $9 billion a year to the retailers. A retail group puts a price tag of about $9 billion. That's, let's, re, let's return fraud. Let me clarify that. It's ultimately a crime where people exchange stolen goods for cash. They use counterfeit receipts or bring back items that have already been worn or used. One category of the crime, the return of clothing and other items purchased for special occasions, even has its own name called ward robing. It ain't easy. I know a lot of people like, you own a store. You're so lucky. You own your own store. I don't know if I want to own a store in this world. I know. It's the world of the haves and the have-nots. And the, the haves seem to have problems that the have-nots forget about. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Show is Rob Black and Your Money. Big event coming up tonight, a webinar, retirement webinar. You can sign up for it either at robblack.com or newfocusfinancial.com. It's a retirement webinar tonight. You have to have an internet connection and a computer. Take a break here. We'll be right back on Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking everything that I can, money, investing in more. Apple's definitely coming out with a television. So says Mark Andreessen this morning on CNBC. He's talking at a deal book conference. He thinks it comes out in 2014, maybe 2013, definitely by 2015, so in the next three years. Andreessen's a venture capitalist, pretty well connected in the Bay Area. He's on the board of Facebook and HP. He's super plugged in. He warned that Apple is a vault, so no one really knows what's happening inside the company. 
doesn't know what the Apple TV will look like, knows this. Once it comes out, everyone's going to scramble to copy it. There's a pattern in our industry. Apple crystallizes the product, and the minute Apple crystallizes it, everyone knows how to compete. So when Apple TVs launched, Microsoft and Google started adjusting their strategy to react to Apple Sysis and Dreesen. Now again, I own shares of Apple. Apple's testing multiple high-resolution big-screen TV set designs. It's worked with suppliers in Asia. All this means right now is that an Apple TV may be one step closer, but don't start rearranging your furniture yet for the cordless wireless Apple TV. I guess it'll have to have a power cord. No matter what they say or don't say, Apple is very likely extremely interested in developing products for a living room. Everything that Apple has out now will ultimately be a commodity in three, four, five years, if not sooner. They have to continually come up with new product that we want. You know, digital rights management, that's going to be a tough one. To make this a unique product, they've got to get some cable companies in on the deal. You know, everyone wants to own the customer. Cable companies don't want to give up the customer. The music industry gave up the customers. iTunes is the music industry now. Ultimately. So what else do we need to talk about this morning? There has to be something out there that you want to talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One thing that I uh, did last year that I, I found pretty interesting was I spoke at a Visa Women's Conference. And I was smack in the middle of two presenters, one being Michael Phelps' mother, the other being a group of Girl Scouts. The Girl Scouts were pretty impressive. I mean, again, I, I wasn't that much of a go-getter at that age. 14 and 15-year-old girls talking about solving the world problems about their gold badges, and I didn't even know there was a gold badge or something like that. But I think the Girl Scouts can teach a lot of people a lot of things. Girl Scouts train girls to set goals. Whether you're a man or a woman, you should set a goal. Girl Scouts teaches young ladies how to make decisions. So for instance, let me throw this out there. One of these girls wanted to bring uh, solar-powered LED lamps to a village in Africa. And she raised money and she negotiated with Home Depot to get, you know, kerosene lamps there basically tip over, start fires, burn down, people die, homes get destroyed. So she, she had a noble goal. She set a goal. She had to make some decisions, like what sort of product, who she negotiates with. She had to raise money and manage money. She had to go to Home Depot and, you know, talk to the manager and have some people skills. 
and she ultimately gave back to the community. Maybe not her community, but I assure you that little project was a huge project and executed well teaches a young person to be a, a, a grown-up. Girl Scouts have been doing it for 100 years. You know, Boy Scouts, I could throw it out there as well. I just think Girl Scouts' aim is a little bit more easy to, to look at. There's no chance I say no to Girl Scout cookies. I know you're saying, you're not much of a snacker, but you'll say yes to Girl Scout cookies. Absolutely. 80% of the 8.3 million women who own businesses in the United States were Girl Scouts. That's a track record that's impressive. I want people to own their own business. I'm tired of people moaning and complaining about the man, about you know, corporations. 80% of the 8.3 million women who own businesses were Girl Scouts. If that doesn't tell you you should put your, your kids in Girl Scouts... I don't know what does. So 6.6 million former Girl Scouts went on to open their own business. Women-owned firms are enjoying growth rates that exceed all other corporations in America. Women-owned businesses account for 29% of all enterprises. Women have come a long way, but of course I think there's still a lot to do, a lot of work to be done. Women businesses only account for 1.8% of businesses with revenue of more than a million a year. One area that a lot of people refuse to focus on is marketing, online marketing. I can tell you my webinars get packed by people by email, by Facebook, by Twitter. My Facebook page is cron 4 Rob Black or I Hate Rob Black group. My Twitter is Rob Black Show. Knowing that most of my seminars and webinars get packed from online, I encourage other people, don't be shy about it. But at the same time, who do you want to reach is the number one question before you market. What are your goals? So it's not just as simple as, you know, going out there and lobbing something up. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, blogging. I recently added Pinterest into the mix. Each reach a very target audience, slightly different. Great place to engage and interact. You may be surprised that Girl Scouts of the United States does not market to girls and then mint lovers. Local Girl Scout councils target those markets. But Girl Scouts of the USA, you know, there's more than 100 councils nationwide on a local level. You know, you don't want to overload one person with responsibility for all social media. So in this case, a big company like Girl Scouts which has the local chapters, has to do things ever so slightly different. So you do want to divide and conquer if you can, if you have different markets. I used to do the show on a national level, and uh, I can tell you it was, it was different. You know, The different markets you would go to, 
I could say, you know, some mature things in the Bay Area that I couldn't say in Texas. I can make some randy jokes in Portland that I couldn't say in Iowa. So know your audiences. Provide training. I know you're saying, that's a mighty big angle just out of the Girl Scouts. But again, I think the Girl Scouts have laid down the gauntlet. They've shown people the way to start their own businesses. I think they need to close or they need to help us close the leadership gap between men and women. There's a good website to get her there, to get her there. I think we all should have a cause, a purpose-driven marketing campaign for our businesses. I think you should do everything you can to inspire both young women and young men. Starting more businesses, bigger ones. Don't discourage people. One thing I don't like is negative people. I just I cut them out of my life like a cancer. Positive messages are great, but negative ones undercut positive messages. So don't be a parent that, good God, people. I see some of the worst parents in the world just ripping into their children. I saw one woman at the hospital this year that she told her kid. Basically, he got really excited about something on TV, and she said, you just ruined it. You just ruined it for everyone. You just ruined it. Why would you ever talk to a kid like that? You know, a lot of people project their frustrations and their stress because they're at the hospital on their children. A lot of people project their stress and their anxiety on their children from their work. You know, I know at times I uh, come across as cold and mean. I do it in referring for tough love, for trying to break bad habits. Encourage people, inspire people. And remember, the Girl Scouts teach us simple things. Set goals, make decisions, manage your money, have skills, market, and give back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This area. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. My goal on the show is to educate you a little bit further, teach you a little bit more about money. Desperately try to get you uh, focusing in on supplementing your retirement income. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it all today. I do hope you get there, though. It would be tragic to live in retirement and poverty. That's what most people will do in America. The longer you live, the more likely it's going to happen. 
I don't have the idea of living in a trailer with basic TV. No one visiting you is your idea of retirement. My idea of retirement is if I could die on the Great Pyramids, I will. Throw my body to the Sphinx. So November's export prices, excluding agriculture, down seven-tenths of a percent. Import prices, excluding oil, down two-tenths of a percent. Federal Reserve policy statement coming at 9.30 this morning. Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke is going to speak at 11.15 this morning. OPEC's decision to leave its 30 million barrels per day output target unchanged. Oil you're seeing as slightly weaker, which has helped. We certainly wouldn't be too happy with $150 barrel oil right now, so $85, $90 barrels, much better. Walmart CEO spoke very cautiously on holiday sales at Walmart stores, saying the fiscal cliff is keeping people from their stores, according to his survey. I'm not quite sure the scientific merit of a Walmart survey, so I'm not putting a lot into that, if you get my drift. Uh, Other stories of note today, you know, I don't think anything's jumping out there. It's all about the Fed today. Maybe it's a little bit about the buying calendar. Got an email yesterday from someone who bought silver. Fairly reasonable person bought silver. Why would you buy silver? There's plenty of it. It's not so precious. It's poor man's gold. I like copper as a play on the economy. And I like gold as a play on inflation. Problem with buying gold or buying silver is they don't have jobs. They don't bring home the bacon. They don't have the ability to go out and come up with copper 2.0, gold 2.0. Windows gold, gold 7, gold Vista. They don't have that ability, and that's a bit of a problem. And now you're saying you're teasing a little bit, aren't you? I'm not. What I'm trying to say is that there's no reason to own silver. I'd much rather own a hard assets fund than own silver. I'd much rather own gold than own silver. But he actually went out and bought it, not knowing that there's a markup when you buy and a markup when you sell. Good luck to you. Costco came out with their numbers today, two steps above expectations. Revenue and profit margins beat consensus expectations. They raised membership fees, and the Costco benefited from it. Molly Corp CEO Mark Smith has left the company. There's an SEC investigation in the company. You cannot buy that stock when there's an SEC investigation going on. Microsoft said they're going to make their new service tablet available at more retailers. They're going to extend the run of temporary Microsoft holiday stores. Some of those locations will transition into permanent Microsoft stores. Staples are going to start selling the Microsoft Surface tablet. Dolby Labs declared a special dividend of $4 a share. Payable to shareholders as of December 27th, if you're a record shareholder, as of the 21st. 
Coinstar's Redbox units launch in an unlimited streaming video plan that also comes with four nights of physical DVD rentals for $8 a month. That's a challenge to Netflix. Ding dong, Apple calling. Now, ding dong, Avon calling, right? They're cutting 1,500 jobs globally. They're going to leave the South Korean and Vietnam markets. They're restructuring aggressively. Big lots. They sold $23 million in stock recently. That helped sink the stock for a little bit. Um, Thor Industries, and I just like saying Thor. I mean, seriously, right? It declared a special dividend of buck fifty, accelerating into its January quarterly dividend payment into December. They make RVs, commercial buses, ambulances. I know you're saying it's correctly pronounced ambulance. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Hmm. <laughs> I love people. Businesses never stopped, uh, failed to impress me. Snapchat, which is a real-time photo-sharing app, it's reportedly raising an $8 million round. So it's now valued at about $50 bucks. Instagram and Snapchat actually serve very different, different purposes. Instagram is about sharing filter-enhanced images enhanced with multiple friends. Snapchat is about sharing silly images that self-destruct within seconds. A lot of people use Snapchat for um, adult relations. Rated R text messages. Companies worth $50 million just like that. Wow. This is me, Rob Black. i got a big webinar coming up tonight. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's a retirement webinar. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back on the Wall Street Business Network. What could you do with an extra $500, $1,000, or even $1,500 per month? How would that change things for you? Would you buy a new car, pay off bills, or just feel a bit more secure about your retirement? What if I told... Welcome in, Rob Black. Your money, I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and much, 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 much more. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Seriously. Uh, you know, one of the things that jumps out at me on a day-by-day basis is different angles. You know, some people think the fiscal cliff is going to get solved. Some people know that it won't. It's stunning to me the different angles that are out there. November export prices, excluding agricultural, down seven tenths of a percent. Import prices, excluding like blah 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 blah. Some of these stories are better than others. It is twelve twelve twelve. We are nine days before the end of the world, and fortunately, it happens on a Friday night, thus making the bar and restaurant scene in America a pretty happening night out on the town. So live it up, embrace the end of the world. Don't forget to tip your wait, waiters. Try the veal. I'll be here all week. I know. 
What are some of the headline stories out there? Berkshire Hathaway bought 9,200 shares of its Class A share worth roughly 131000 per share. So Berkshire buys back $1.2 billion in stock. Walmart says the fiscal cliff has forced Americans to cut back on Christmas. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. A large portion of American consumers now know about the fiscal cliff, and a sizable number of them expect the debate over it to curb their holiday spending. In the week before last month's presidential election, only 25% of its core U.S. shoppers knew what the term fiscal cliff meant. One week after the election, 75% seem to know, so says CEO of Walmart. To me, it just seems weird polling customers of Walmart. Can you imagine the greeter handing out surveys? Me neither. The Dodgers look like the new Yankees. Is that a positive or negative? The Dodgers yesterday introduced Zach Granke. They made him the highest paid right-handed pitcher in baseball. Six-year contract with the L.A. Dodgers worth $147 million. This is one of those days where the Yankees actually lose. I know you're saying they, they lose a lot. But the Yankees' 2008 opening day lineup or opening day payroll was $209 million. It looks like the Dodgers are going to break that. Keep in mind, Time Warner gave the Dodgers $3 billion for 20 years. Dodgers have discussed a $6 billion, 25-year deal with News Corp, Fox Sports. Actually, I'm sorry. Time Warner gave the Lakers $3 billion over 20 years. So $6 billion for 25 years with Fox Sports. That deal would allow them to spin, 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 spin. The Dodgers acquired pitcher Josh Beckett, Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, three highest-paid Boston Red Sox players. And then they missed the playoffs. They signed South Korean pitcher, I can't Ru Hoi-jin, six-year, $36 million deal. So the Dodgers now owe more than $220 million to their 2013 roster. It's all relative, though. To get your calls on the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I know you're saying, we're talking baseball. Now we're talking. I'm not that masculine. Mortgage delinquencies are going to remain high in 2013. If not for all homeowners who haven't paid their mortgages in more than a year, the nation's home loan delinquency rate would be only slightly higher than normal. Before the foreclosure crisis, the housing bust, the normal mortgage delinquency rate was about 1.5% to 2%. We're now somewhere between 25 to 5%. This year, 5.3%, where borrowers 60 or more Days past due. It's expected to drop to about 5.06% end of next year. So, before the recession, it was unusual for a borrower to go 180 days without either being able to fix their situation or go through some foreclosure process. CEO of Unilever said something pretty interesting today. 
You know, Mitt Romney had the comment about 47%. The CEO of Unilever, big, big, big company. Uh, you know, they're a consumer company. CEO is Paul Pullman. He said, the U.S. grapples with the rise of an emerging poor class dependent on government benefits. He said, the declining consumer confidence in the United States as people worried and the recovery in the world's largest economy will be muted with 2% growth in GDP, if you're lucky. With 46 million people relying on government benefits to buy food, people scrape by until the end of the month. Pullman is gloomy about Europe. He said it's going to be about 10 years, a decade, before they're back on track. He's not going to get caught off guard, is he? Unilever's strategy has been to focus on emerging markets and lower cost brands in the hard-to-hit parts of the world. But he says the U.S. grapples with the rise of an emerging poor class, 46 million strong. 46 million people, you know, using government benefits to buy food. That's got to be a little bit tragic, right? I mean, certainly somebody else feels a little bit of sadness in that commentary. A rising poor class. J.P. Morgan said something interesting today. They said a void for solar in 2013. So they published a list of stocks to avoid. Last year was four stocks. This year it's just one. J.P. Morgan analyst Christopher Blancet has an underweight rating on the beleaguered solar panel stock with $14 price target. Significant overcapacity, declining demand in Europe, which had been their largest market. Unless there's a huge uptick in natural gas pricing, they don't see it. Now, let's take a look at first solar stock real quick. Let's talk a little bit about the, this concept of a brokerage saying, I don't like the stock. Keep in mind that First Solar did really, really well under George Bush. And eight years ago when you know, we had solar subsidies in the United States, solar subsidies in Europe. Subsidies mean the government's giving money either to you or the company to install their product, sometimes covering the cost. 10%, 20%, 30%, you get the idea. In its heyday, this was a very expensive stock. It had a high, all-time high of 311, I believe. It crashed all the way down to 11, and since then, this year, it's gone from 11 up to about 30. It's not earning money. It's got brutal competition. And they're saying avoid it. Again, am I telling you to avoid it? I'm not. I, my job is to tell you what to do. My job is to say, hey, there's a lot of fish in this world. It's Rob Black. Your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I do have a webinar tonight that you can sign up for. It's a retirement webinar. Tonight at 6.30. You can sign up at robblack.com. You'll the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Please don't be shy. You can call the show at 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to part, talk about, we can talk about. You know, I jokingly referred to the Mayan apocalypse and the end of the world, and how TGIF is happy to take advantage of it happening on a Friday, saying, let's party like there's no tomorrow. The truth is, this could turn into, and I'm not saying it is going to, but it could turn into another holiday. And that could actually help our economy. As people go out and party, young people in particular, hey, honey, the world may end tomorrow. How about a kiss? I mean, you have an opening line, dudes. If you, don't, if you can't work off an opening line like the world might end, or since the world's going to end, there's going to be a lot of people spending money on alcohol. And that could actually help our economy. It's kind of like a Halloween. It's kind of like a Fourth of July. Again, not as big. But anyway, I know you're saying, did you just use the word honey? I'm so embarrassed. I think I did. Hey, honey, the world's coming to an end. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The SP 500 up three, the NASDAQ up one, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 21. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the big questions that I get via email and, and phone calls on a regular basis, Chad, is lump sum investing. I just inherited $100,000. I just inherited $40,000. And my next question, if it's a chick, is like, you got all your teeth? Like, are you good looking? Like, <laughs> what's your number? What's your number? <laughs> I've actually done that on air, which is pathetic. But um, lump sum <laughs> investing versus dollar cost averaging, these are two themes of investing. I say when you get a lump sum, just invest it because it will work out over time. What's your thoughts on lump sum investing? Well, most people are already dollar cost averaging through their paycheck, um, oh, okay. through their 401K. And dollar cost averaging works when there's, you know, when the market is – it has periods where it's trending lower over a year-long period so that you're buying sometimes at a low and sometimes at a high. Um, so if there's a significant correction and you've got cash to put in, I would just put it in. But if you're doing it and the market's at the higher end of a you know 12-month trading range, then dollar cost average to a point that makes you feel comfortable. The problem that people do when they dollar cost average is they let the motions get involved. So they'll start off and they'll say, I'm going to do X number of dollars per month. And they say, oh, no, the market's too high or I'm going to wait for a correction. And they skip out on their plan. You need to write down your plan on paper and says, I'm going to dollar cost average just cash into a balanced portfolio over six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it may be, something that takes the emotion out of it. Right. It's the emotion that makes it difficult. In a 10-year period, none of it will really matter. It will not matter. It's just how you can avoid getting your emotions involved in investing, and that's usually by a written plan that, that you follow that you don't, you know, you've got to stay the course. Your written on. plan is a funny idea because most people remember things the, the way they want to remember them. They'll say things like, oh, I knew to buy Apple when they came out with the iPod, but did they buy Apple? Mm-hmm. A lot of day traders will be like, oh, I knew it was going to move from, you know, 440 to 525 after they reported earnings, but did they do it? And I recommend people, you know, if, if put up or shut up, write it down and give it to your wife. Yeah. If you have a great idea, write it down and give it to your wife. And then when you need that money back, ask for it back from your wife. You could practice on paper is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, and if you look at the last decade, which was tough for investors, the S&P 500 is relatively flat if you don't count dividends. Um, but a balanced portfolio still averaged over 6% over the last 10 years, even with the credit crisis, the real estate bubble, and all that good stuff. Um, 
so a balanced portfolio will work out over time. And I think the the problem that investors that are coming in with cash or they've been sitting in cash, the problem they deal with is they're only watching stocks. Right. So they, they forget that a balanced portfolio, when the stock market is really rallying, will underperform in the short term, but it will outperform during the three out of ten years that are negative. So seven out of ten years are positive, three out of ten are negative. And asset allocation means you're keeping up with the market in the good years and outperforming it in the bad years. So that's what you want. I'm a big fan of dollar cost averaging in the 401k. With if you're going to try to do a trade, then you don't you don't you, you lump sum it. You know, it it all depends on your expectations and your goals. But we preach diversification of equity. Um, so lump summing it doesn't make a lot of sense. At the same time, though, I you know I take over um, portfolios, uh, sometimes large companies, yeah. kind of rhyme with disher. Where you see over 100 different stocks. You be careful. That guy can kill you. <laughs> we see over 100 different stocks, and you're like, okay, what's the point of picking 100 different stocks? Yeah. We have 1% position. What if that company does really well? It's not going to make a difference in your portfolio. So when I pick individual stocks, we typically keep 20 to 25 positions yeah. in the portfolio. Do you know why he puts people in 100 different stocks? Because it's impossible to quit them. You're thinking if I quit and I have to sell all these stocks, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. That's why exactly why when I set up my company, we use TD Ameritrade as a brokerage firm, and my yeah. clients get uh, free trades for the first 60 days because yeah. I usually have to go in and fix portfolios because they have way too many positions. They're you know concentrated one t- sector of the market instead of being diversified, and we've got to fix it. So you know trading costs can become expensive if if you've got you know 100 positions or if you've got over 13 mutual funds, you're typically way over diversified. You got too many positions, you can't possibly follow it and have a daytime job. That guy you mentioned name rhymes with Disher. I once said on air that his sales force is kind of cheesy and smarmy, young guys who have, you know, cuff links and uh, initials on their shirts and stuff like that. Like these initials right here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like they're kind of douchey. Like, they're just cheesy guys. He called me. A billionaire calls me, and he's like, I heard you have something negative to say about my company. I'm like, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I was afraid of him. And no comment. <laughs> no, I'm scared. CFP <laughs> Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. Tonight, Chad and I are going to be running a retirement webinar. It's free. You do have to sign up for it at robblack.com. I think you have to understand that it's done with a go-to meeting technology. Therefore, you have to have Java on a computer. Um, there may be a dial-in number. I'm not sure. So, but you can find out at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I highly recommend um, taking the initiative. You know, Get off your fanny and, and start saving, supplementing your retirement. If you have not done an estate plan yet, there is still time to do it this year. Uh, the estate plan is something that you're going to see talked about in the next 45 days as the limits for protecting your family's inheritance are at $5 million right now. You're going to see more and more people call for a lower number, $3.5 million, $1 million, somewhere lower. It's not sure where it's going to be, but we do know it's going to be lower, and we do know that the government wants more taxes, and that's an area where they can tax. That's actually maybe a good thing in the sense that it will encourage people to give away their money and be more philanthropic rather than giving it to the government. But I'm not sure it's totally a good thing, especially if you have loved ones that you want to take care of. 
800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Walmart saying that the fiscal cliff is forcing a lot of Americans to cut back. One week after the election, 75% of their customers knew about the fiscal cliff. One week before the election, 25% did. They're the largest retailer in the United States. This poll could bode very poorly for retailers like Walmart, which rely on the end-of-the-year holiday market. You listen to me, Rob Black. It shows Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. It's the holiday season. Hopefully, it doesn't have you down. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to one of those calls. Let's go to Alan. Alan, how are you? Very good. Thanks, Rob. Pleasure to talk to you. Oh, that's kind of you to say. What's on your mind? Uh, I have a pretty balanced portfolio, but I have a couple of holdings in some uh, obscure stocks. One of them is a Chinese company, Yesheng Group. I wonder what your take is. Y-H-G-G. First and foremost, this is just massive rampant speculation. There's not one Wall Street analyst that follows it. So that's the first thing that you kind of have to go with. And even though you have a diversified portfolio, I'm still not going to tell you to do something stupid or speculative. This is speculative. Um, finding information on Yashin Group, ticker symbol YHGG, is limited. It's got a $55 million market cap. It's based out of, I know it's a Chinese company, right? It's based out of Redwood City. It's an agriculture company that, through its subsidies, designs, develops, manufactures, markets, farming, and sideline products, chemical materials, textiles, construction materials, livestock, primarily in the People's Republic of China. It is impossible to find information about this company. I would be very, very, very cautious. If you're the type of person that says, this is Vegas money, I'm going to put it on this teeny tiny 36 cent stock, fine by me. Keep in mind, the house usually wins. In this day and age of corporations flush with cash, my belief is that if this company had something materially valuable, that someone would have already snapped them up. Uh, they don't have a massive amount of... insiders. Yeah, it's 90% held by insiders, and that tells you that when they decide to sell, it's going to be salmon swimming upstream. They'll be the sellers swimming downstream, and you're going to be trying to swim upstream, and it's going to be very, 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 very difficult. What What do you like about this company? Like, what's the story? The uh, story is uh, a lot of growth, uh, a lot of assets. Um, Again, this is this is Vegas type money. I realize yeah. that, but uh, a, a lot of growth and a lot of assets. Don't you think that someone bigger than you would have found this company? I'm waiting for somebody bigger than me to find it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you already own shares, huh? 
of you. What's that? Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. A fool is easily parted with his money. Let's put it this way. Stock's gone from a buck fifty to where it is today at 36 cents. He's probably pretty upside down on it. It's a thinly traded stock. My personal opinion is you shouldn't buy on over-the-counter markets. Um, in the last two years, it's gone from 250 down to $0.36. Cents. It's basically at its all-time low. It's speculative. It's Vegas-type money. I don't even think so. There's a lot of fraud going on. I'm not saying this is fraud. I would just be very, very... Again, we all want a penny stock to turn out well. There's no difference between a penny stock and a stock at $10,000 a share. There's not a difference. You want your asset to double. You want it to go up over time. If you take a look at one of the most successful companies of all time, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, he hasn't adjusted the price. On, he does do stock uh, dividend cuts. He's not looking for, you know, he not dividend cuts, excuse me. He's not looking to make the, the shares look cheaper. You know, Apple, there to do a stock split, people would get pretty excited. People get excited about stock splits. That's ridiculous. To get one share of Berkshire Hathaway cost you $134,000 and 30, $134,030. Bucks. Quality is what you want to invest in. Alan is a little bit of a fool, and I mean this in a loving way. A little bit of a fool in the sense that he's putting hard-earned money into a company that's done nothing but lose value. And he thinks that they have assets. He's probably never seen the company. He doesn't know. A lot of Chinese companies, and again, if you want to invest in China, absolutely. I told you six months ago that I'd started to invest in China again, particularly Chinese funds. I like Asia right now because China went through a period of slowing and their stock market underperformed. Now they've got a new leader coming in. Inflation seems to be under control, and they're going to be a pro-growth government. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Be cautious, people. You know, the Wall Street gets a negative name because of people like him who speculate. And they lose all their money and they think the system's rigged. If you buy McDonald's, the system's not rigged. If you buy Nike, the system's not rigged. If you buy Apple at its all-time high... You just let it go on a five-year tear, and then you're like, I'm getting in. That's a foolish thing to do. If you want to cut down your chances of losing, one of the things you need to do is to slowly understand what you're doing. So if you want to improve your chances to win, what you do is you slowly kind of educate yourself. You don't try to do it all at once. You're very, very, very patient. You take your time. You avoid investment traps. What's an investment trap? 
like crowdfunding, internet-based approach helps small businesses raise money for their ventures. I have a friend who's doing a movie and she's asking for money, and I not not for me. Um, a lot of people use self-directed IRAs to mask fraud. Be cautious on that. Oil and gas, and what I mean by that is, I got an email yesterday from someone on a self-directed IRA question where his client wants to buy real estate, and real estate's already tax advantaged. So why would you put it in a tax advantaged? Vehicle. EB-5 investment for visa schemes. Gold and precious metals, one of the biggest mistakes people make. Pitches by celebrities on television, radio, the internet. They lure the inspecting investor. They often bring, you know, email me for a free gold coin. Bullion, bars, other forms of precious metal. I'll hold it for you in safekeeping. The gold doesn't exist. You just bought $10,000 of gold, and they're going to hold it for you, and you have a piece of paper that says you bought $10,000 of gold, of which that $10,000 means absolutely nothing. Be cautious on real estate. I see a lot of scams going on there. I think real estate's important for a diversified portfolio. I prefer that you buy investment real estate through real estate investment trusts, Publicly traded, not private. Investors should be aware that fraudulent schemes abound. Flipping and pooling. I would never pool my money with another investor to buy real estate. That's when, you know, we're going to combine distressed properties into a single large package and sell these packages as large markups. Real estate fraud was ranked as the third most common product or practice leading to enforcement actions. I hate it when I see insurance salespeople give investment advice. You just got to eliminate some of your mistakes. That's really, really important. One thing that you could do to correct your credit report, you know, check for errors. If you find an error, document it. Put it in writing. Ask the agency to take it off. It takes a good two, three hours of your day, once a year to fix your credit report. A reporting agency has 30 days to complete an investigation. It will notify the creditor that it's examining your dispute, which triggers yet another investigation on the creditor's part to confirm the accuracy of the charges. If the creditor doesn't respond in 30 days, the reporting agency deletes the information. So you could always try to say, like, you look at your credit report and there's a, a mistake on it or something you disagree with. For instance, let's say you have a mortgage and you sent in your mortgage payment, but the bank didn't post it. And then, you know, you're about late, and they send you, you know, hey, we never got your payment. You, you can challenge that. And more than likely, they're not going to respond to the credit agency saying, you know what, we didn't get his payment. He said we didn't get his payment, but we still charged him a late. To get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Be patient. It's one of the biggest pieces of financial advice I can give you. Eliminate debt. Invest over time. Try to keep your health wise. Don't spend a lot of money on a wedding. A friend of mine's getting <clears throat> married, and he's throwing a big wedding. Now, fortunately, he's marrying well, and he's done pretty well himself. 
But weddings aren't good investments. Remember the day forever. Don't pay for it forever. Big webinar tonight, free. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's on retirement issues. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're looking at an accident through Santa Rosa. For money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Let's go to Dan in San Mateo. Hey, Rob. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was wondering what you thought um, for a long-term investment of going into uh, the Fidelity uh, Freedom Funds. Uh, specifically for me, it would be the 2025. I have some extra cash and just want to put it in kind of uh, and not think about it. Is that a good uh, Is that a good investment, or do you, can you think of better ones? So you're about 50 years old? Yes, right. Okay. So I could always think of better, first and foremost. The point of this question is, is are freedom funds appropriate, in my opinion? I think how, – how, what's your net worth, Dan? Um, it's about um, $2 million. Okay. This is money that basically is going into your retirement plan and your 401K, 403B, something like that? Yeah, those, those are already maxed out. Um, this would actually be in a taxable fund. Um, so I okay. have some cash, which I've uh, come into from uh, selling off and getting some capital gains, uh, uh, selling before the capital gains uh, tax goes up. So I was looking to just put it in and uh, into something. Okay, so it's going to be a pretty conservative fund because it expires in 2025. 20, um, that's the target goal of it, and thanks for the call. Target goal funds are, I think, great products for accumulating wealth. I don't think they're very good products for managing wealth. So when you're 20 or 30 at your job, 35, 40, I'll even go as high as 45, um, I want you to max out your 401k, which is exactly what you're doing. A great way to do it is the Fidelity Freedom Funds because it's one-stop shopping. It allows you to get diversified, buy into Asia, buy into the U.S., buy into small cap, mid-cap, large-cap, Get some income, bonds, funds. It takes a lot of the Fidelity products and kind of mashes them together. And the idea is you take your age and you take when you're going to retire and you basically make that calendar year your Fidelity fund. 2025, he's expected to go more towards, hey, I've, I've accumulated my wealth. Now I need to live off of it. He's a little bit more of a mature investor. He's got $2 million plus million. He's done well. I would almost look for a different angle. I would almost start managing my wealth at this point in time versus just randomly accumulating. There's nothing wrong with the fund. It's a great idea. It's nice. It's going to be on the conservative side because ultimately you're down to the last 13 years. So the fidelity funds, when you're, let's say you're 25 years old, that means you're going to retire in 40 years. Uh, you look at the calendar and it's 2012. You add 40 years to that 2050. So for a 20-year-old, 25-year-old, you'd buy the Fidelity 2050-2055 funds. And since you're older, you know, let's say you're 50, you're going to retire in 10 years, you'd buy the 2020 or the 2025 fund. That's the concept. More risk when you're younger, less risk as you age, less volatility. There's a lot to like about this. 
I would look at your portfolio and see what you need. If you're going to go off the reservation and do your own stock picking instead of going after the Fidelity Fund, I would look at a sector like oil. Do you need energy? Uh, I think it's going to be a nice year next year. So I have no problems with you buying into the market. Do you have any Asia? I think Asia is going to be better than the U.S. Do you lack income? Then maybe you could look at a high-quality REIT fund, real estate investment trust fund. So it really depends on what you need. But I think I've said enough and plenty as far as this particular fund goes, the Fidelity Freedom Funds. I love them for the average person who's accumulated wealth. Not so much. One of the tips out there is if you want to achieve wealth, forget about security selection, focus on asset allocation. There's 18 major asset classes. Never, ever send in an extra mortgage payment. Your home's going to go up or down in value. So sending in money where it can grow versus where it can't grow. So you send it into investments, not into the walls of your house. Never, ever choose investments because they've made a lot of money in the past. That's a mistake. Past performance, no indication of future results. If you max out your 401k, your 403b, your 457, that's great. Never touch that money to buy a home. Ever. I did a special for the Learning Channel back in 2007 on the top mistakes, top 10 mistakes people make. It's top 10 show. When you get one of the top 10 mistakes, someone had taken money out of their 401k and she thought she was so smart, she used it as a down payment on a house, which you're allowed to do. Small amount of money, but you're allowed to do it. She was so proud. She's like, I bought a house. I bought my own house. She bought it at the high. She's probably been foreclosed on, is my guess, five years later. Never, ever make an investment decision based on taxes. Taxes are good. You pay them when you make money. I'm not freaked out by that. Most people don't like taxes. But don't make an investment decision based on taxes. Take advantage of dollar cost averaging. The best way to invest is to do it regularly. I max out my 401k every year. Over long periods, especially during down markets, I love dollar cost averaging. Do this for one year and see what it adds up to. Don't spend your coins. Use only paper currency and never spend coins. See how much you amass and then put it into savings. I think a 30-year mortgage is better than a 15-year mortgage. With longer mortgages, you get a lower monthly payment and a higher tax deduction. A lower cost helps boost your monthly investing. That leads to greater wealth. Pay yourself first. Plan on saving 15 to 20% of every paycheck. Have it automatically deducted. Have it automatically put into a savings vehicle, whether it's your 401k at work, or your 403b, or 457, automatically. Those are just some tips for you to end the show on. Going to be talking tonight retirement webinar a retirement webinar it's free you do have to sign up online at robblack.com it's a retirement webinar tonight this evening at robblack.com sign up at robblack.com 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.